Alright all you movie junkies and cinephiles, it's time for the SLS Cast with your hosts, Matt and Tim. And welcome, one and all, to episode 339 of the SLS Cast. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, this is the Message from the Divine Realm episode of the SLS Cast, because it turns out that in the psychic world, in the world of the psychic medium, there is a number that actually is a message from the divine realm. That number is the angel number. 339. Yes, and with that wonderful little bit of psychic medium knowledge, I, of course, am Matt. And coming to us all the way from the Great White North would be our resident Great White North guy... I was gonna be a psych. Oh, hey, how's it going? How are you? I'm good. I, I, oh, good, good, good. I was gonna be a psychic medium, but I tried and they said I had to be a psychic 2XL. Oh! That's right, folks. You may be saying to yourself right now, but that's funny. Blaine doesn't sound like Tim, and I would say to you, you are correct. Blaine does not sound like Tim, because Blaine is not Tim, and Blaine is filling in for Tim while we take care of our finishing of the last Batman Standing series, which Blaine has so graciously agreed to do to help us fill in some time. Uh, Is that not right, sir? That is very right. I'm I'm very happy uh, about this project. I, I've said it before. I'm I am legit excited that this thing that started uh, how long ago on something called a Johnny White Trash Show mm-hmm. is is going to completion. Yes, and I look forward to I look forward to our nursing homes connecting via Skype or whatever the modern day equivalent of at that time is to do. Batman 89 when it is actually the 89th Batman movie not an anniversary edition of Batman 89 (laughs) yeah I I mean I don't know what kind of uh, medical advances there will be but I'm I'm I've got to be honest I'm not sure I'm gonna make it to 112 years old I'm not I'd like to believe I I can get there but I'm not sure so I am counting on medical advances because I do not look after myself that well. Even with all the changes I've made to my diet and exercise routine, I'm healthier now than I ever was, but still not that good. Indeed. Yes, and last night was definitely an impromptu evening of neighbors coming over and uh, we decided to bust out some whiskeys and beers and stuff and cigars and uh, when the uh, inevitable hunger snacking happened, it was pizza rolls. Way too many pizza rolls. I have some of those in my freezer that I thought about. Uh, last night for me and the wife, too, was not really a healthy adventure, but it was fun. We went to a, a food and wine expo, and so there was a lot of, food like, and wine. you know, you pay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> and, and a lot of craft beer and, and spirits and, and stuff like that. Um, I did try one slider, a little like prime rib slider, nice. and it came with horseradish and like an au jus sauce. So I just like dipped it in the horseradish. Their horseradish was strong, my friend. 
And I was doing the ah thing. Like it, it hit your sinuses the way wasabi hits your sinuses. And, and it reminds you that wasabi and horseradish are closely have, related. But there was a lot of uh, craft beer that was very nice. good. Very good. Have you ever had pure fresh horse, horseradish? Not, not, uh, horseradish, not, a, not no. an actual like sauce or, uh, a, you know, like a mayonnaise or an aioli that is just like a horseradish dip or whatever, but like pure horseradish. Well, no, I, I've had radishes, but not of the horse variety. So, yes. uh, many, many, many moons ago, uh, we are, I'm in high school and we're out on the prom date or homecoming date. I think it was one of the homecomings. And we used to, or I, I say we, I would always make sure that my dates got to go to a really, really nice steakhouse called Stanley and Seaforts in Tacoma. And, my buddy who came along with that evening, he, we ordered steaks and it actually, and his was actually topped with fresh horseradish. Oh, boy. And he thought it was like a mozzarella cheese or something. And because the way it had been shredded and placed on top, it did kind of resemble cheese, but perhaps the giveaway should have been that it wasn't melting. You know, that is on top of a hot steak, you know, and it's not melting. And it, because it's meant to be, you know, taken as a garnish and used lightly as you eat your. And he literally takes the whole thing. Oh, no. Right off the top of the steak with his hands at a four star steakhouse restaurant. <laughs> right in his hands and just yoink right into his mouth. Right. Oh. <laughs> and, and all was well. For about six or seven seconds until he tried to swallow yep. it and he couldn't swallow it because all of a sudden his mouth was aflame and his nose started to oh, run. Yes. His eyes yes. were watering. <laughs> I'm just looking at him like, what are you doing? Because, I mean, it wasn't even a question. He literally just looked at it and was like, huh, and just scooped it up and picks it up and put it in. <laughs> and I'm just kind of like, what are you doing? And, uh, yeah, he, he eventually had to spit it out into his napkin. Um, and oh, that's yeah, awesome. It was, a, it was a fun evening. All the, oh, oh, the hijinks you get into. So that, that, that's my horseradish story. That's the only horseradish story I have. Uh, I like the horsey sauce at Arby's. I guess it's okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I tried another place that had like barbecue beef on a bun with horse. No, sorry. Uh, the Yorkshire pudding. With roast beef and horseradish sauce, and their horseradish sauce was relatively mild, so I just globbed a bunch on it. It's good, but that first, but the funny thing was, is all of a sudden I, I'm done with this experience, this like religious come to Jesus, like oh my god, their horseradish is ah, and one guy looks over me, he's like, yeah, I did the same thing. I'm like, you couldn't warn a brother? Yeah. <laughs> hey, horseradish is strong, like. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is, that, yeah, it's one of those things. It's like it's kind of those shared deals, and you do almost feel a little offended that uh, maybe it's just because they didn't want to be alone in their misery. Yes, and I, so. I do understand the the camaraderie that we shared after that moment yeah. uh, of two guys who just went, "Ah, where's the beer?" And then I had a creamsicle beer. <laughs> Indeed. So, at any rate, yes. So things are things, but things are well with you, and things are well with me, and and hopefully, yes. and hopefully, listener, things are well with thee. Um, 
Uh, that, yeah, I, I, I'm a poet and I didn't know it. What are we going to do? And I, and so now I think we really should go ahead and dive right in. We just need to queue up Weird Announcer Guy, don't we? Yeah, in the words of Philip DeFranco, let's just jump into it. Then we shall. Greetings all, and welcome to another edition of Discussions with Matt and Tim. This time on Discussions with Matt and Tim, Matt and Blaine, filling in for Tim, will continue in their four-part series, catching up on The Last Batman Standing. This time, they will be looking at Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice, Ultimate Edition, which is the already extended cut of Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice, that almost no one likes. And now, discussions with Matt and Tim via Blaine. Thank you, weird announcer guy. You were especially weird and announcery this time, and I appreciate that. I I love how the announcer guy kind of worked in the Superman. <laughs> uh, you got to give that announcer guy a raise. He seems like a, a pretty on point well, dude. Well, uh, you know what? I I think what what is two times zero? Let's let's double that right quick. <sighs> I don't know. I'm a high school dropout. Don't drop math That's problems. A, hey, on me. look, man. I'm a I'm a magna cum laude college graduate. Don't drop don't drop math problems on me either. It's <laughs> you, you'd be surprised at how little math you can get away with in college if you do it right. Well, do you ever want to go back to your high school and walk up to that teacher who's probably retired, so maybe have to track him down and just be like, "Remember when you said that nobody's going to have a calculator in their pocket at all times?" <laughs> And then just hold your phone up and be like, sup now. Yeah. Especially I found out last night that there are, oh man, I can't think of the name of it. Damn, alcohol strikes Uh-oh. again. It's it's like it's like acorn or some banana. I don't know, some like fruit or nut. I can't remember the name of it. But it will literally like solve calculus problems for you. Like full calculus two level Program, uh, problems and stuff you can key in everything and it will bam spit you out the information to a much greater degree than you as a human can do with your um w- w- with your calculator and i was huh. kind of like wow that's just ridiculous absolutely ridiculous so not only not we only do people the have the computer in their pocket, but the computer is literally able to do like fucking rocket science for you. So it's it's insane. And uh yeah. I would like to find that teacher though. But in, in the teacher's defense in the teacher's defense they at the time that really was kind of a true statement. Most people didn't carry like a TA TI eighty six platinum in their pocket with them. And um and so and and it had been like that for such a long time so uh, i could see why they would think that something like the advent of the smartphone might not happen well to be fair nobody really predicted the smartphone in the way that it happened like if if you go back to like all the old sci-fi movies and and even like things like Star Trek and whatever like there's a lot of of tech that's arrived via that or if you even go to some of the older uh Batman 
technology. Can we just talk about Batman technology for a second? I had this thought while watching Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice uh, Ultimate Edition. See how I worked the whole title in? Do you know what I want in life now? My new Mm. goal? I want Bruce Wayne money because, you know, he's always been played up as as rich. But it was this time when I realized he has better tech than the Pentagon. This guy literally has more money than the Pentagon. Okay? Like, the tech that this man can just build and afford and buy, all of a sudden I'm sitting there going like, like, all of a sudden it just hits that point where I'm like, this is beyond a stretch. He literally has like fucking Saudi Arabia prince oil tycoon money like just just one of those things i noticed no sure how preposterous preposterous is the word just a, just i see i like the term obscene an obscene yes. amount of money that, that's it's just it's it's to me is the perfect descriptor at that point but I, I agree because it's like it's like sitting there telling you this is how much money he has, and it's it's almost offensive. Right. I mean, it, that they it, expect it you to believe that disgusts you that this that this money this amount of money exists in the con, in the control of one person. Yes, and this is not even a slight on Batman v Superman. That comes later, but just the Batman story as a whole. I'm like, you know, eventually we got to address the fact that. The character literally has more money than God. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Well, then I suppose uh, since we've worked our way into it so well, we shall continue our segue. And let's drop a trailer, folks. Is it really surprising that the most powerful man in the world should be a figure of controversy? We, as a population on this planet, have been looking for a savior. We're talking about a alien whose very existence... They are not telling us the truth. ...challenges our own sense of priority in the universe. Human beings have a horrible track record of following people with great power. Power corrupts. And absolute power Power. corrupts. Absolutely. Chaos. Maybe he's just a guy trying to do the right thing. We know better now, don't we? Devils don't come from hell beneath us. They brought their war here. No, they come from the sky. The world has been so caught up with what he can do that no one has asked what he should do. That's how it starts. The fever. The rage. The feeling of powerlessness. That turns, good men cruel do you plead you will all right you heard it there it was batman v superman dawn of justice 2016 american superhero film and of course this is batman and superman that's who it's featuring although we do get some fun with a little bit of uh wonder woman as well and for those of you who are like, come on, spoilers, please. Well, first of all, you, this is probably not the right series for you to listen to. <laughs> if you don't want spoilers, considering we're discussing all aspects of the film, uh, of the film. But secondly, they spoiled the stupid Wonder Woman thing in the trailers back in the day. So what, what are you going to do? Uh, we are, of course, covering the 
Ultimate Edition, which was the 31-minute extended version that turned it from a PG-13 to an R, which I thought was vastly needed, vastly, vastly needed. Um, it, it actually, let's see here, if I remember correctly, we're going to... Uh, yeah, all right, so what we had when we did the original... So for, for those in, in the SLS cast, no... Uh, Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice, we reviewed it back in episode 173, so back in April of 2016. I gave it a three. It was a barely passable like. It was a likable enough movie, but nothing spectacular, nothing really great about it. Um, Tim did not like it. He gave it a two. We came back in at the end of July of the same year, so episode 190. And we did the Ultimate Edition. And I went from a 3 to a 3.75. And Tim went from a 2 to a 3.25. For a split second, I, I, I was like, wait, did Tim go backwards? No, but the, I swear there... I'm sorry, I'm trailing off, but I swear there was a moment where you revisited something and Tim came back to it. He's like, you know, I was too generous with this the first time. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I wish I could remember the specifics, so it's kind of a pointless thing to bring up. Um, I was going to stop talking so that you could take control of your show oh, back. Yeah, Thank no you. Problem. No problem. And so, at any rate, um, they had uh, so so it yeah it just kind of became a thing where we realized that the additional work work in of these thirty one minutes really and truly made the difference because it yes it changed the rating but there was so much more exposition there was so much more that made sense and there was a lot more information given and a lot of and a a, just a better way to connect to the material overall that helped you enjoy this movie and it proved yet again yet again that it's 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 okay to have an R-rated superhero movie. And maybe there should be more of them. We were, of course, however, um, not, we, we were still waiting for, for things like Deadpool and whatnot, but yeah. Was Logan out yet when this came um, out? I'm I don't remember. Because I can't remember if it was 2016 or 2017. Run the Google. You know, 2017. Oh, no, Logan. Yeah, 2017. Because that, that was also when Deadpool uh came out was the same year yeah so oh no i'm sorry deadpool was 2016 i'm sorry okay so yeah deadpool was the r-rated one that kind of just broke but i mean how do you do deadpool and not have it r-rated and that is for a different (laughs) thankfully it's a question that we don't have to answer even after the buyout disney has already announced that the um existing slate of things as they stood so, i.e., like Deadpool will continue to be R-rated. Thank God. Money I talks. Was, yes. I, well, it doesn't matter if money talks. Disney gets an idea in their head, and they think they can do it better. So, and then they do until they don't. You know, James until Gunn. they run <clears throat> franchise. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Or until they run franchises into the ground. Hey, remember when we used to like Star Wars? <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, anyway. Back to the movie. All right, so basically yes. what we're doing here is we're we're picking things back up uh, quite some time after um, 
Zod and Clark have gone through and uh, oh, I'm sorry. I guess well, if we're going to use Zod names, then Zod and Kal-el uh, decided to destroy the world, as it were. And let's just say that poor Brucey, he's held a bit of a grudge, and not for nothing, but he kind of blames Soups for all the ill of the world. And when you a man he's never heard of. Till that day, right? I, I, I. It's one of the unforgivable plot points for this for me is the the whole. Okay, guys, they they at least had to have some kind of knowledge of each other if the two cities are that close to each other. That that's that is actually for me, <laughs> you know. For, for, so like for me, I'm I'm never going to be able to do that right now. For th- thanks for ruining that, for right? Me. Uh, <laughs> You're welcome, but. Yeah, that actually was one of the overall plot weaknesses of the entire DC uh EU because you having them so close together is kind of like, well, why do you need one superhero for both for each city? Someone like Superman should theoretically be able to bounce back between the two. And which which becomes the main downfall of Superman. I've always kind of enjoyed this when, when portrayed accurately is that he can't save everyone. And uh, why can't I think of the actor's name? Uh, the guy playing Superman. Henry Cavill? Cavill. Yeah, Cavill. Uh, you know, the one thing I really enjoyed about this, this movie and Man of Steel is the... Um, <clears throat> the inner conflict that, that he portrays where he's just like, there is that moment. It's like, I can't save everyone. Um, you know, people hate me anyway, because I can't save everyone. Like he just, I, I enjoyed the inner conflict, I guess is the best way to say it. I, I, I do have to take kind of this just disclaimer moment. A lot of my feelings about this movie are just general broad feelings that, I can't go into specifics on. I just have these overall things. So I'm, uh, as opposed to other times, I'm going to be making more general broad stroke statements. <laughs> right. And, and that's, but, but for me, I, and that's one of the things that actually worked, in my opinion, is that they kind of give you a true to life 21st century version of what the world would do if Superman showed up. True. Well, we live in a time where greatness is resented uh, to a certain extent and not by everybody, but there is a loud vocal group that hates greatness. Like what, like you want an example, look at all, all the Patriots haters. Like this is the best football team ever. I don't know much about football, but I know that. And just saying that pisses people off and Tom Brady's a cheater and everybody hates him. And, and you can go through uh, reason why people okay. who uh, I didn't uh, <laughs> no, I, 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 I want to uh, sorry before, no no seriously I, I think that people are misunderstanding the the idea behind greatness what people don't like true what people true. don't like I agree with about that. the Patriots is the same thing that people don't like or did not like about say the 90s dynastic version of the Cowboys it's not it's not okay. about natural talent and good players overriding. It's about money. 
And okay. he who has the most money is the one who buys the best players. So it's not an organic version of greatness. It's just wealth and flaunting in terms of being able to do whatever you want. Hence, a team like the Patriots getting over what is referred to down here as deflate gate. Um, yes. With basically being completely unscathed. Like it was, I don't remember all the details myself, but I'm, I'm, I believe that it was demonstrably proven that they had cheated. They still won the Super Bowl. Nothing bad came of it. And why? Because they had all the money. And that's not greatness. That's just money. And money begets money. And so that's kind of the thing. Also, you get you get people to a certain point, and when the same people win all the time, well, now you start itching for someone else to win. And and I, and I and I get that, but at the same time, kind of proving my point is like they are at a certain level, and and you've told me the reasons that they shouldn't be at that level. No. I'm just giving you some. I'm just giving you a, a little bit of um, context. Uh, don't don't do this to me. When you when you give me enough rope to hang myself, you know I do it. <laughs> I'm just trying to. Okay. Give, I'm just trying to give you some context. On I'm it not nearly as eloquent of a speaker as you. Okay. <laughs> but no, it, um, uh, Tom Brady, LeBron James, Sidney Crosby, like like when you listen to the haters, right? There are literally people who are just out there trying to tear people down because they're too successful. Like it, and maybe greatness was a was an overstretch. But so when you have this, somebody's doing something you're not. There is a group of people out there who want to tear that down because clearly, if you tear down all the other buildings, uh, your building is the same size as everybody else's. But, but but that also leads into I think to a very good discussion of Bruce in this one because his motivations are very well put. He it's not for him it's not about it's not about I hate him just because I think he's great. He hates him because he feels that he feels that there can't be one person that is the end all be all of everything. And I think what it is is that in a certain way he's kind of staring at the ultimate version of himself and he doesn't like it. Because what is Batman but the end all be all of justice in vigilante form? He's a one-man justice wrecking ball. And while the best iterations of Batman have always had him, even if it's in a covert manner, working with Gordon or working somehow um, with the police, that's not really what Batman is about. And he even admits it in the movie, you know. I mean, they're just basically glorified criminals themselves. And it's it's just a really interesting dynamic from which to choose to take down Superman. And I, I go ahead. I agree with you because, like, the, the thing I like about this Batman, Ben Affleck's Batman, or, or just this 
Batman in general is you are dealing with somebody who's done this for 20 years and this is not the type of life you live for 20 years and uh, come out the other side without making some concessions, mm. we'll say. Um, kind of drawing on Zack Snyder's previous work, like if you look at uh, Rorschach from Watchmen, uh, more so in the comic book than the the movie, um, Rorschach was always supposed to be kind of a... Um, I'm going to use the word anagram. It might be the right word. It might not. But it was always supposed to be a a version of Batman if Batman ever snapped. And I think we kind of got that with Ben Affleck too. The, 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 for lack of a better term, the Batman that kills, you know? And at the same time, I just, I look at a 20 year stint of doing, being Batman. How would it not end up like this? I, I don't know. I, I say it from a place of I liked this version of Batman. Uh, the movie had some weakness. I, the movie just had some weaknesses. Oh, I, 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 I tried. I tried so hard to forgive them. Like when I wa- saw it in theater, saw it, I'm like, yeah, this movie's good. And then I watch it again. And I'm like, yeah, I really want to like this movie. I really want to. Well, I, I think it's the movie has a lot of things to like, but unfortunately the movie also had and i don't i don't blame this all at snyder's feet because dc dc and warner brothers were trying to get snyder to pull together an avengers type scenario in three movies basically when the Avengers had, what was it, seven movies before yeah, I think, the Avengers? I think the Avengers was the yeah, seventh. So, or I think it was six before, and I think Avengers was the seventh. But uh, okay, so so here we right? got. So so basically, they're trying to get Zack Snyder to do double the work in half the time, and it shows. And I think that was the biggest struggle in the movie was that I felt like there was. I don't know how many specific subplots that that was like, I don't know when it hit too much, but there was too much going on in this movie, even for a three and a half hour cut. Right. But I mean, I mean, even with the whole um, dark side stuff that they were teasing and everything like that. I mean, you, all that, all that extra stuff that they're trying to work in here. And that's what I think leads to a lot of problems. Instead of having one plot feed into another plot so that Lex Luthor can gradually become this truly insane CEO, like, like the insane crazy version of Bruce Wayne, right? Like if Bruce Wayne had decided mm-hmm. to lean the other way. Um, they had to get him to do like three different things. Lex has to do like three different things in this one movie and, and also go crazy. And what is, and what do we get? We got a fucking wannabe Joker version of Lex Luthor in what I consider to be Jesse Eisenberg's worst fucking performance known to man. Um, let's dissect that. Okay. Because uh, I've I've often been curious. I I don't really know how I feel about it myself. I did not hate the performance in and of oh, itself. I, um, I hated the performance. I don't. I hated the writing. I hated the direction of the character. 
And all of those things, you basically have to put... Well, okay, except I, I can't put the writing at his feet. But most everything else you right. can put at Snyder's feet. But, again, right. I it's because they're putting him in the position to do twice as much work in half the time. And right. Cause and so Lex Luthor has to go through at least one meta, whatever. I forgot the word I was about like to try. Metaphysical to, but change. He, metamorphosis. Uh, metamorphosis. Okay. Um, yeah. But not, he, it feels like he did two drastic changes that kind of, it, it happened too fast. He went from the, the weirdo CEO kid all the way to what he was by the end so fast that it was like there, there just wasn't enough. Um, I, I don't know the right word, but there just, there just wasn't enough for him to go from this to this, to this, like there was no, um, real incident between him and Superman besides the fact that he was like, Oh, Superman is more powerful than, than, than me. He could stop me from doing things. I'm going to destroy him, but I'm also going to manipulate Batman to blah, 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 blah. Like it was, it it was, it was kind of like trying to watch the worst aspects of Kevin Spacey's Lex Luthor and the worst aspects of, Oh, hang on. I got I want to give him his proper due here. It was like watching the worst aspects of Michael Rosenbaum um, when he played Lex Luthor in Smallville and the worst aspects of Kevin Spacey when he played Lex Luthor. And, and the sad part is, is I really think that the whole, on the whole, the arc of Michael Rosenbaum playing Lex Luthor um, was very well done. But yeah, and, and it just, I don't know. I just did not like Lex Luthor. I think uh, quite frankly I think he's he's basically the worst part of this whole thing. And and if I mean if you want to nitpick there's a lot of different things to not like about it. Um there's a lot of different questions you could ask like why couldn't it have been literally anybody else who stabs him? You know? True, uh, it, true. It, and clearly the reason was and I and I feel like there was a bunch of, I don't know if it's all Snyder's fault, but it seems like there was a bunch of things where it's like, here's, here's where we're going to be at the end of the movie. You know, Lex Luthor's going to be in jail, uh, and, and want revenge. Uh, Batman is going to be okay with Superman. Superman's going to die. Like, like it was just like, here's, and in many ways it felt like, like this movie, this universe, this whole fucking storyline could have benefited from from a slower burn. Oh yeah, should, should have had other stories. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I yeah, will yeah, say yeah. this: I, I mean, I get that they were setting up for Death and Return of Superman. Okay, fine, mm-hmm. fine. And that's actually something that when we get to Justice League, I can talk about because I rather enjoyed that specific act, uh, um, that that specific portion. Of Justice League, but it does still ask. It leads it leads the viewer to ask, but why did Superman have to kill him? Because it's a crypt, because it was a Krypton being. I don't know. Um, and so yeah, there, there's 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 issues with it. There's a there there are a lot of issues with it. Lois Lane really feels completely tacked on in this film. 
I think that which, which is a shame because to me, uh, one like Super, Superman's actual kryptonite has always been Lois in in a good way. Um, like it, to me, Superman will do everything he can to save everyone in the world as long as Lois is safe. He will let the entire planet explode or burn or go to hell if he had to. To save Lois, like I've always enjoyed that aspect, um, which makes him in a way uh, more Superman. human than the rest of us. Uh, yes, yes, sure. but 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 that is his obsession. That is like this is this is the one thing that is more important to me than everything else, mm-hmm. right? And 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 I I enjoyed the way that they. Uh, my problem with this movie is. The version that exists and the version that I have it tattooed in my brain that there is a version of this movie on the cutting room floor that fixes all of this. And it's I need to let go of it and and deal with the movie we've got, not the movie I think we should have got, for lack of a better term. But a lot of this movie, like the parts that we're going to, it just it feels like um, that there was just a by committee uh, uh, planning of the movie that I think just makes the whole thing fall apart. And I, and I don't have specific moments. It's just this overall feeling. I get that, that the suits had too much involvement in this movie. That It's just how it feels. It feels like there's a certain amount of disjointedness. That's like, really, I have to write wonder woman into this movie and develop her character too. Right. Like, I'm not saying that Gal Gadot did a bad job or that I don't like Wonder Woman or, or anything like that. But I feel like in this movie, it, it was another subplot that really just like the whole thing just gets garbled because they tried to they try. Well, they did. They didn't try. They did put too much in to this movie, even for the running time that it had. True. And I, and, but I will say that the additional, the, you know, the extra 30 minutes, granted, now we're going over three hours for this thing. Right. The extra half hour still really amps up on what it is that Snyder was trying to sell. And that extra time and the extra violence that is involved in that, because you're actually going, you're actually really getting to see some nitty gritty um, in the in the depiction of what it would take to really do what's being done, makes it a stronger film. And I almost believe that if we had just taken some of the lighter, and I and I use lighter in terms of rating but some of the lighter elements out of this film and dropped back in the darker elements with maybe some additional voiceover or a little bit of, you know, maybe a minute or two of exposition to kind of help fill in a couple of those gaps. I think we would have had a stronger film to begin with. Uh, and I'll give you a really good, for instance, this is probably, I mean, I think, I think everyone in the world is tired of the Batman origin story. We get it, we've seen it, we know it, we've done it, so leave it be. And yet, every iteration feels compelled to tell their version of the Batman origin story so that 
it can fit within the context of their cinematic universe. And so that's one of the things that I really felt, even in the original version, that this film did great was the Batman origin story told in two minutes over the credits. Yeah, I thought yeah, it yeah. was perfect because you don't need much. You get the you get the gist. You know, you know, it's it's really giving you their kind of take on how Batman would become this way or Bruce would become this way, and giving you that darker kind of more jaded slant. And you're just getting the business of the credits out as you do so, and you're done, right? See, and I, I, I agree with the, the, with what you're saying about the origin is like really all you have to do in an origin story or section or clip or montage, whatever you want to call it, um, is you just have to kind of highlight. It's like, okay, what points are different about our version of Batman? You know, just, yeah. Um, the part of Batman's character that I don't think they really developed properly that I would have enjoyed seeing sometime is how did we get from the typical Batman we know to the 20 years later, I'm branding these people I'm killing now. Like I, I think I would have appreciated a bit more development of how jaded uh, this Batman got and, and how we got there. I, I think they could have put more of that in, um, but I also think this, I think this movie would be better at four hours. Like, and I know at least with everything they tried to cover, um, I know I'm picking an arbitrary number, but if you're going to try and cover that much, you almost need enough screen time to cover all of that or drop some subplots. And I, I, th- I think the biggest struggle I have with this movie is, is that really Batman and Superman had never heard of each other until this specific moment. Like they didn't have to know a lot about each other, but they should have at least heard of each other. And I think if you're really trying to start from the point of these two people have never heard each other, you really have to have a long running time or, or you have to have a lot. I think, though, but in the movie to get away with that. That's one of the that, things that okay, I think. And again, so uh, going back to, and I know this is not Last Batman Standing, but uh, to help with that aspect, I think you have to kind of go back to Man of Steel. And I have often, I, I, I still believe that the first half of Man of Steel is quite possibly one of the most perfect movies ever. If only it had stopped there, but it didn't. Um, you're really getting to see a guy who is lost and who is trying to find his way. And yes, there are glimpses, there are snippets, but they're so far and wide, they're so varied, and they're so minimalistic that unless you're a conspiracy theorist truly looking for any kind of thread, you're not going to put that stuff together. And then by the time... Superman decides that, yep, I'm going to be Superman. It doesn't take very long before the movie really picks up on the back end, which is the fight from Metropolis. And, oh yeah, by the way, when does that happen? At the same time that Batman finds out who he is. And so now Batman has found out about Superman in the Battle of Metropolis, but now we have... That we have Superman trying to deal with aspects around the world 
in the intervening time. So he's a little busy. He might not be able to look into, you know, their own caped crusader of Gotham. True, so but I can see how I, that would I, work I, given the timing of uh, of Man of Steel. Batman not knowing who Superman was uh, kind of made sense or wanting to know more about him. I get that part. Superman, a reporter, has never heard of a Batman who's been running Gotham for 20 years. Maybe. Maybe, uh, it maybe was, not. It, because when wh- where is it written in any iteration of Superman that he's a good reporter? Fair. Who's... Who's I don't. I don't like Who's your point, but it Who's is fair. Lois, and even Lois had no fucking clue about but him. Why? But again, I'm sorry, I keep but cursing. Why? But because Lois does high high political stuff. Lois does stuff where she's going all around the world and getting other things taken care of. What does she care about vigilante justice in Gotham, where she doesn't cover, live, or exist? I just, I think with this, the whole modern day thing. What we're looking at, you're looking for a plot hole where unexplained events exist. So. I. So so just, so don't. Again, I have this general feeling, and I, like, I know once it goes into specifics that I I kind of get lost in in the, I'm, I know I can't see the forest for the trees when I watch this movie. I, I. Like, I, I think that's fair. And that was one of the aspects where it was just, it was kind of the eye roll of, really? You two are just learning about each other now? Like, not, and I, and I not, I'm not saying they had to know absolutely everything about each other, but the fact that neither one of them knew anything about each other. I just other, think that. Just kind of, that, that part bothered me. That, okay. It bothered well, me. Well, I think they've both had enough distractions <laughs> in their life to legitimize not paying attention beyond things in front of their face. So, all right. And that's fair. And, and that's, that's fair. fair. So we, uh, so, so I think to sum up the extended version, the ultimate edition is the one to see. If you, if, yes. you, if you're new walking into this, please watch the ultimate edition. Now, would you say that watching man of steel before Batman V Superman is essential to the, cause I know, I know that there's a bunch of people who didn't see I I didn't see Man of Steel for a long time because everybody said it sucked and I'm not really a Superman guy. Then I watched it and I'm like, oh no no, I like this. Um, you know, I I, I enjoyed I, Man I think... of Steel. Yes, it had clear. I I agree with I agree with your uh, uh, statement of the downfalls of Man of Steel. Like it, it did kind of hit that point where it was just like, and now the roller coaster to get to the right. end, but. I would yeah, say yeah, yeah. this, but I, I, I would say it. that it's not required reading, but it is recommended. You that's know, fair. Or that's in this fair. instance, required viewing, but it's not recommended. But it, but it is recommended. Um, all right, so yes. we 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 now uh, we, we and I think we I think we hit on the biggest issue with pretty much all the films, and where Zack yeah. Snyder has been involved and that is i think they were expecting uh too much too quickly and i think the suits as you mentioned kind of forced their hand on that which then puts snyder in a in a completely untenable position um well i mean you don't bring the watchman guy in if you don't want a watchman-esque movie this is true and i and i and i think i think the suits did not want a Watchmen-esque movie. And for me, 
for me, it's just, but with Batman and Superman, like this was a Watchmen-esque um, well, as movie much as, as much with as a bunch of non, right. right, right, with a bunch of non-Watchmen-esque with more MCU style uh, of, um, I don't well, even And know. that's the thing is that uh, I think, I think his Watchmen-esque talents really kind of shown in Justice League because what is Watchmen? It's a bunch of superheroes getting together to have to deal with something. And what is Justice League? Right. And oh, by God, look, it's a bunch of superheroes yeah. trying to get together to deal with something. So, uh, you and, know. And Watchmen did have one benefit that, that this uh, uh, movie series did not, is that it was just like, okay, here's where we're picking up with the story. And there's a bunch of, there is a bunch of backstory that we can feed off of, but there's a bunch of stuff that's already happened. Whereas, uh, the DCU or whatever you want to call it, this right now, they're coming in and they're like, okay, we're not going to pretend that a bunch of stuff already happened. We're starting from scratch on so many parts that I think they yeah. didn't need and to. And I agree. I agree. I think, and again, there's a, there's a beautiful, uh, there's a beautiful credit montage in Watchmen that does the exact same kind of work that, right. Right. That is done here with the origin of Batman in Batman v Superman. So, all right. Very, very good point. Very good point. I do want to, and I know we're running short on time, but well, I did want to well bring a shout out. So. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Um, I did want to just say, I enjoyed the overall, I, I'm going to use the word aesthetic of this movie. Um, I, you know, I, I enjoyed the costumes. I enjoyed the setting. I enjoy like the overall, I mean, minus a few shaky cam parts that I didn't think need to be shaky cam, but I don't like shaky cam outside the Jason board series, but the overall aesthetic, I just, I really enjoyed the, the, the grittiness, the darkness. The, I, I, I think that that part needs that shout out of, of, I, I enjoyed the aesthetic. And also overall. just really quickly, because as we are getting into our ranking here, I would really like to say that, I dug Affleck's Batman. I liked watching the old, grizzled, just downtrodden, jaded Batman who just fucking knows what he's about and isn't willing to... And he's just not going to compromise. He's not going to compromise on what his vision should be. But we see his vision change. And... He's not so far gone that he can't see where his vision needs to change. I just, I, I yeah, it was, it was good. I, I also like the voice well, modulator. I, I thought the voice modulator was a nice yes. touch. We, you know, we've got the like that that nice electronic synthesized voice instead of the swear to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where are they? So that, yeah, <laughs> all right. Which is good because here we go. Oh, it oh, is, it is time. Um, other. One aspect thing I didn't, or aesthetic thing I didn't like, I've never liked it. I don't like Batman with short ears. Okay, oh, carry okay. on. okay, yeah. The suit was uh, yeah, I, I, interesting I, I just it don't was, like it. I really like the fabric side of things, but uh, I felt like... I enjoyed it, everything about the suit, but the ears. It was like the, um, oh, what am I trying to think of? It, it, it's kind of like they went with the Uncanny Valley version of Batman 66, they, well, and they were definitely drawing inspiration yeah. from the Frank Miller True. Dark Knight Returns series. They Clearly, were. they I were, just, and, I, and I respect like that. And, and and again, I, so I got that. I got, but that I didn't aspect. like it. I didn't like. I got the, the aesthetic of the Batman sixty six, yeah. but with the way that they went with it, yes, I felt like it was. 
kind of this uncanny valley thing. And and the and the short ears, right. uh, you know, I I, I could kind of take them. I'm splitting them, hairs, but I definitely don't. I, I'm, hate I'm on, splitting yeah, hairs. I don't hate on your critique. I think there were people who felt many people who felt like that. So, all right. So now it is time, yes. and it's time we, we we must rank. It's time to rank the Batman. Um, is Ben Affleck better than George Clooney? Yes, son of Martha is better <laughs> than George Clooney. Okay. You, you got to bring both, up Martha at least once if we're talking. Come on, Martha. Clooney, come on. Yeah, yes, That's yes. That. All right. Is Ben Affleck better than Val Kilmer with his asterisks? Yes. Kilmer. And, and he's better looking, too. Very good. Is Ben Affleck better than Adam West? Yes. Okay. Agreed. Agreed. All right. Is Ben Affleck better than Christian Bale? Yes. Also agree. And I think it's, I, I'm, I'm, I'm glad we're already there. I'm glad it didn't take the other two movies to do that. So Bale dropping down to third at least. Uh, and then finally is Ben Affleck better than Michael Keaton? Yes. Really? Honestly, the strength of this whole thing has been Ben Affleck as Batman. It, from the moment I, I heard it announced, I'm like, I'm going to, because there was a lot of hate, a lot of hate uh, on online forums when it was suggested that he was going to be Batman. And I'm like, I'm going to be open-minded about this. I'm going to give it a chance. And Ben Affleck as Batman, to me, was one of the strongest points of this movie. And and a lot of actors and actresses that they've picked for these superheroes, um, uh, you know, from Momoa's uh, 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 Aquaman all the way to the kid they got to be the Flash, Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman, and Cavell as Superman, I thought those were the biggest strengths of this whole DCEU series. And that's why, to me, Ben Affleck is Batman. Okay. What about you? Um, well, this is something we're going to have to settle in our final, or, and I guess in our, in our, when we finally get through Justice League, which is the last, which is the last Batman movie currently. Obviously, remember, we still have the Batman coming out next year. Yes. Um, but no, there is just no way in hell you're going to convince me that Keaton is not, is, it, that is somehow less than Affleck. I still think that Keaton is the best. Batman. I think that there is an authenticity to Keaton that is kind of the heart and soul of what makes Batman Batman, whereas Affleck has a completely different version of that, and we're seeing it in an, in an older... I'd even give you more sophisticated Batman over time. And you're seeing that jaded aspect, but you're not, but I don't think that the level of intellectual honesty that Keaton has in his portrayal of what he's doing is as evident in the way that Affleck portrays it. I love the way Affleck does it. And I think that his, his cues and everything are there, but it's still not at the level of Keaton. So 
Much like I can live much- with that. I, I can I can live with Keaton staying number one, even though I just gave the whole spiel. I'm like, yeah, okay, Keaton's number one. Okay, <laughs> I'm I was fine. gonna say because I'm, I'm fine. happy to duke this you know? out with you later. You know, when we because we, we, we still have 89 and Dark Knight to to hash out. So I'm I'm willing right. to let it sit until we duke out 89 and Dark Knight. So do, are, are are you willing no, to concede I, now, or do we need to wait? Yeah, no, I'm I'm willing oh. to concede. To to me, Affleck and Keaton are so close as Batman that if you if we recorded this on a Saturday instead of a Sunday, my answer could have been different. So I I am completely fine deferring uh, Affleck to you and, and letting Keaton stay number one and, and Affleck number two. Um, I will not relent uh, on anything else. He he's better than all of them, but the the Keaton Affleck who is the best Batman. I'm fine with either one of them being number okay. one. I re- I really All right. am. So then then uh, Keaton maintains the number one spot, uh, uh, and then Affleck has moved into a very very close number two position, and that leaves us with yes. the movies. Uh, and this is pretty much co- unless unless something happens between uh, Suicide Squad. And Justice League, it looks like this will be the lock-in list where Keaton is number one, Ben Affleck is number two, Christian Bale is number three, Adam West is number four, Val Kilmer with his asterisk is number five, and Clooney is number six. And then we get to bring in Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice, uh, Ultimate Edition. Is it better than Batman and Robin? Oh yeah. I mean, I mean, we've already determined that there will not be a worse than Batman and Robin <laughs> of of what we've seen so far, of what Fair we've seen enough. so far. All right. And-, and I loved and I loved Arnold as Freeze. I still enjoy that. But okay. And then uh so Batman v Superman better than Batman Forever. Oh yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I'm still, yep, down, yep. Batman forever. All right. Um, is Batman v Superman better than Batman uh, 1966? Yes. Okay, Batman. Is Batman v Superman better than Batman Begins? I know this, is, this one's, it's kind of oh. tough. We're getting, this, this one's a little tough. Um, yeah, th- this is a right, this is right about the time where it's like, I don't know, is it? I think so. I, I think if, if gun to my head, if I had to pick which one to watch, Batman v Superman or uh, Batman Begins, I'm going with Batman v Superman, Ultimate Edition. If the regular edition was being rated which right now, not. this is ultimate edition, which only. we're not right. Right. But, but regular edition does not beat Batman begins. I feel like that needs uh, to and be that said. Is fair. Ultimate edition. I, yeah, I think ultimate edition does. What do, what See, do you it's think? It's really tough because th- what makes this one so hard is that it is truly bad. It's it, while it is a Batman movie, it is also a Superman movie. And, Right. It depends on if I want to watch a Batman movie or if I want to watch a Superman movie. If I want to, if I want some Superman flavor, I got to lean into the Batman v Superman. If I feel like it's just a Batman movie, if, if we're judging just on the Batman, then I got to lean it. I got to give it to begins. 
Fair and enough. Since, fair enough. So, so what, I guess since we're doing last Batman standing, then I guess we have to. I would say that judged based solely based on the Batman aspect, I've got to give it to Batman Begins, and then it would be Batman sixty six, Batman v Superman, Batman Begins. Oh, you're dropping it down a couple lower than I am. Well, Batman begins, the next one on the list Bat- is Batman Begins. Uh, according to our last list, it was Batman Begins, then Batman Returns, then Dark Knight Rises, and then trying to shoot between eight and nine and, D- and Dark Knight. I got confused. Did we already Batman Returns? Where is that one Batman again? Batman Returns is above Batman Begins. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah, and I I could not. Say that I like this one better than Batman Returns. Batman Begins and this one to me are, it's kind of like that thing where it's like, it's like, I think so. But as soon as you say, nah, I don't think it's as good. Yeah, I'm cool. I'm cool with this one not being as good as Batman Begins. Batman 66 is such a hard movie for me to rate because it's this completely completely other thing. But it is a solely (laughs) Batman movie. So, all right. So then I, I guess then we have to give then we have to err on the side of giving it to the full Batman movie. So it is now placed Batman v Superman Ultimate Edition. All right. So that then leaves us with Batman Begins, Batman Returns, uh, Dark Knight Rises, and our final 89 versus Dark Knight. So, currently the list still resides as 89, Batman, uh, Batman 89 and Dark Knight are still vying for first place. We have not settled that debate. In number two, we have Dark Knight Rises. Number three is Batman Returns. Number four is Batman Begins. Number five is Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice Ultimate Edition. Um, let's see here. One, two, three, four. In sixth place, we have Batman 66. Seventh place is Batman Forever. And eighth place is Batman and Robin. And yeah. And that's where we're at. That's where we're at now. I'm content with that list. I feel like. I feel like there is a version of this movie that could have made it higher up the list or that there could have been a version of this movie, but we got to deal with what we got. And what we got was for whatever reason, whether it's Snyder's fault, whether it's the actor's fault, whether it's the suit's fault, for whatever reason, we just did not get as good of a movie as we could have. And maybe some of the stuff they led to that they're going to explain in later movies would change it, but I don't know. I don't know. There was there was a lot in this movie that just uh, yeah yeah. I, I don't need to rehash everything. That is just fine. All right. Well then, here we go. I think that uh, oh, we got to bring a weird announcer guy back. So let's do that right quick. And thank you for listening to discussions with Matt and Tim, featuring Blaine filling in for Tim. Next time on Discussions with Matt and Tim, Matt and Tim via Blaine will continue their last Batman standing series. Well, thank you very much, weird discussion, weird, weird announcer dude. And, um, can I get a, uh, can I get a spiel on from you there, Blaine? Yeah, 
Spiel on! Alright, well, the music you've been listening to, as always, has been brought to us by our music partners, Cries of Solace. You can check them out at ReverbNation.com and Facebook.com, both slash Cries of Solace. Our discussions music comes from museopen.org, so be sure to check that out there. As for us, we are, of course, the SLS Cast. You can find us at slscast.com. You can send us an email to the show at slscast.com. You can follow us on Twitter at the SLS Cast. You can follow me, this is Matt, on Twitter at nitwit12345. You can, of course, come aboard that information superhighway and track down Tim on Twitter if that's your heart's desire. Don't forget, you can always subscribe to us on iTunes and our favorite us on Stitcher Radio, as well as track us down on the old SoundCloud and other podcast directories. If you'd like to support the show, we'd love to have you do so. Head on over to patreon.com and check us out over there and so until next week this is matt saying that thanks to Zack snyder i get to say this it's difficult to find a movie that feels true to itself you feel the hand of hollywood the movie ba- movie making by committee on everything I, I, whenever i'm put on the spot i don't remember what tim says to say goodbye so i'm gonna say go to glainsworld.sor and buy some hot sauce i don't know have a good day Thanks again for listening to the SLS Cast with your hosts, Matt and Tim. You can find us over at slscast.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at the SLS Cast. You can send us an email to the show at slscast.com. And of course, you can always subscribe to us on iTunes and or favorite us on Stitcher Radio. Thanks again for listening. <laughs>